You know, it can be hard to see the challenges that people we work with every day are going through. Invisible struggles like stress and burnout, caregiving for a loved one, or being misunderstood. But insight, awareness, and empathy will help us better see the issues they're dealing with. And that can make us and our companies healthier, too. I'm Holly Robinson-Pete. Join us on The Visibility Gap, a new podcast presented by Cigna Healthcare. Download it wherever you get your podcasts. You know success when you see it. Or you think you do the people in the spotlight. But what about those small business masterminds who succeed at making their money work harder? They do that by having a business bank account with QuickBooks Money, which now earns 5% annual percentage yield. Making your money work as hard as you do? That's how you business differently. Learn more about QuickBooks Money at quickbooks.com slash 5APY. Banking services provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Only funds and envelopes earn APY. APY can change at any time. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival. Live from the Bloomberg Interactive Burger Studios, this is Bloomberg Daybreak for Thursday, March 17th, 2022. Coming up this hour. The House nears legislation to remove Russia's most favored nation trade status. The bond and stock markets react differently to the Fed's interest rate liftoff. The Bank of England set to raise rates this morning. And stocks in Asia surge for a second straight day. New York expands workplace harassment protection for all public employees. Plus, preparations continue for today's St. Patrick's Day parade in Manhattan. I'm Michael Barr. More ahead. I'm John Stashauer in sports. Easy win for the Knicks. Nets lost at the buzzer. Rutgers in the NCAAs lost in double overtime. That's all straight ahead on Bloomberg Daybreak on Bloomberg 1130 New York. Bloomberg 99.1 Washington, D.C. Bloomberg 1061 Boston. Bloomberg 960 San Francisco. Sirius XM 119. And around the world on BloombergRadio.com and via the Bloomberg Business app. Good morning, I'm Nathan Hager. And I'm Karen Moscow, and U.S. stock index futures are lower this morning and extending their declines. We're coming up to 601 on Wall Street, and we check the markets every 15 minutes throughout the trading day on Bloomberg. Right now, S&P futures are down 23 points, Dow futures down 162, NASDAQ futures down 88. The DAX in Germany is down 1%, the 10-year Treasury up 20, 30 seconds. They yield 2.11%, they yield on the two-year 1.91%. And the euros at 1.1033 against the dollar. Nathan. All right, Karen, we begin with the latest developments on the war, including this red headline that just crossed the Bloomberg terminal. The Kremlin says reports of major progress in Ukraine talks are wrong. Group of seven foreign ministers are meeting virtually today to discuss the crisis as Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky addresses the lower house of the German parliament. All this as Russian strikes continue on infrastructure sites. The Ukrainian military says a Russian plane bombed a theater where hundreds were sheltering. Bloomberg's Ed Baxter has that story. This adding to the concern about Russia purposely bombing civilians. The Maxar satellite firm collected images showing the word children in writing in white letters in front of and behind the theater. Meanwhile, President Joe Biden has promised new munitions to Ukraine. We have identified and are helping Ukraine 
acquire additional longer-range anti-aircraft systems. Along with shoulder rockets, Stinger and Javelin launchers, 20 million rounds of ammo, and 100 diving switchblade drones. In San Francisco, I'm Ed Baxter, Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, Ed, thank you. And all, President Biden has offered $800 million worth of new weaponry to Ukraine. He also branded Russian President Vladimir Putin a war criminal. Later today, House lawmakers are set to revoke normal trade relations with Russia. Amy Morris has the latest from our Bloomberg 991 newsroom in Washington. Removing Russia's most favored nation trade status allows the U.S. to impose higher tariffs on Russian goods. Sources tell Bloomberg News it also expands the Magnitsky Act, opening up the possibility of more sanctions on Russian officials for human rights violations. It would take Congress and the president together to reestablish any trade relationship with Russia. House Majority Leader Steny Hoyer says the vote will come later today, putting Russia in the same category as Cuba and North Korea. In Washington, I'm Amy Morris, Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, Amy, thank you. And a chilling threat, Vladimir Putin is warning he will cleanse Russia of traitors. But any people, and even more so the Russian people, will always be able to distinguish true patriots from scum and traitors and simply spit them out like a fly that accidentally flew into the mouth. Spit them out. I am convinced that such a natural and necessary cleansing of society will only strengthen our country. Putin accused the West of wanting to destroy Russia. And this morning, Russia's finance ministry said a $117 million interest payment due on $2 bonds had been made to Citibank in London. Well, Nathan, another major story that we're watching this morning is the continued reaction to the Fed's liftoff on interest rates. And Bloomberg's John Tucker joins us live with the latest. John. Karen, stock and bond investors had completely different reactions to the Fed's quarter point rate increase. Stocks rallied. Bonds sold off. The five ten year Treasury yield curve inverted for the first time since early 2020. That's a recessionary signal. At Guggenheim Partners, Chief Investment Officer Scott Miner isn't all that impressed with how the Fed is tackling inflation. I think that the, the, the Fed has largely abandoned monetary orthodoxy. It's trying to be too cute. Uh, in how it's it's managing this. Guggenheim Scott Minard says they are in an in inflation panic. The central bank also published forecasts from the authorities' various officials, the so-called dot plot. That indicated a steeper hiking path than before. Live in New York, I'm John Tucker, Bloomberg Daybreak. Thank you, John. Interest rates are also in focus in Europe. Let's get that story live with Bloomberg's Ewan Potts. Good morning, Ewan. Good morning, Nathan and Karen. The Bank of England was the first major central bank to tighten policy after the pandemic. And today, committee members look all but certain to hike rates for a third successive time. If they do, that would take the UK benchmark back to its pre-COVID level as the bank battles soaring inflation. That decision at 8 a.m. Eastern Time. Live in London, I'm Ewan Potts, Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, Ewan, thank you. Well, turning to the markets now, stocks in Asia jumped once again on a surge in Chinese technology shares. We get the recap from Bloomberg's Juliet Sally in Singapore. Good morning, Juliet. Good morning, Nathan and Karen. China's effort to stabilize markets saw the Hang Seng Index post its best two-day gains since 1998. The Hang Seng Tech Index added to Wednesday's dizzying 22% gain. However, the index is still down more than 50% from its February 2021 peak, owing to a year-long crackdown on the sector. The lift in Hong Kong and Chinese equity saw the MSCI Asia-Pacific Index rise over 3%, and the yen hovered near a six-year low, boosting the Nikkei 225 by 3.5%. That was its best 
first two-day gain since April 2020. In Singapore, Juliet Sali, Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, Juliet, thank you. Now, despite the recent pullback, one Wall Street firm says oil prices are heading a lot higher. Let's get that story live from Bloomberg's Renita Young. Good morning, Renita. Good morning, Nathan. Morgan Stanley is raising its Brent oil price forecast for the third quarter from $100 to $120 a barrel. Analysts there are citing tighter supply-demand balances worldwide. Morgan Stanley says the U.S. import ban and self-sanctioning in Europe mean Russian crude production will drop by 1 million barrels a day, which will be visible from April onwards. Analysts are raising their estimate for 2023 from $95 to $100 a barrel. Live in New York, I'm Renita Young, Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, Renita, thanks. Right now, NYMEX crude's flirting with $100 a barrel, trading at $99.44. Brent is at $102.65. Straight ahead, your latest local headlines and a check of sports. This is Bloomberg. It's now 6.07 on Wall Street. Still dealing with some fog this morning. 45 degrees in Central Park. We got in an accident on the northbound Deegan at Yankee Stadium. Michael Barr's here with more on what's going on in New York and around the world. Good morning, Michael. Good morning, Nathan. St. Patrick's Day celebrations in New York City and across the country are back after a two-year hiatus. New York's parade, the nation's largest and oldest, will go up Fifth Avenue starting around 11 a.m. New York Mayor Eric Adams says today you can call him O. Adams. We sense it in the spirit of the Irish Americans who played a major role in this city, building the Brooklyn Bridge, our MTA system, law enforcement. You look at the success of New York, you see the Irish contribution to it, and you should be proud to be Irish today and proud to be New Yorkers and proud to be Americans. Mayor Adams says in 2020 the parade was canceled as the virus hit the U.S. White House Medical Advisor Dr. Anthony Fauci says Americans need to be ready to respond to another potential COVID surge if one occurs. Dr. Fauci says older individuals may need another vaccine booster. I don't think there's any doubt that sooner or later, particularly among the elderly who have less of a robust immune response than a normal younger population, that sooner or later they will need a boost of a fourth shot. Dr. Fauci, as more than a 1,000 people a day are still dying of COVID in the U.S. It looks like the pandemic has led to the closing of the 9-11 Tribute Museum in Lower Manhattan, According to the Wall Street Journal, museum officials say it will be likely closed permanently after running up too much debt. The Tribute Museum, with a staff of 10, was designed to serve the survivor community, while the nearby better-known National September 11th Memorial Museum honors those lost in the attack. New York has expanded workplace harassment protection for all public employees and has banned the release of anyone's employment records in retaliation for speaking up about alleged abuse. Actor Jesse Smollett has been released from jail in Chicago after an appeals court agreed with his lawyers that he should be free pending the appeal of his conviction for lying to police about a racist and homophobic attack. Global News 24 hours a day on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take. Powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr. This is Bloomberg Nathan. Thank you, Michael. 
609 on Wall Street. Time for the Bloomberg Sports Update with John Stanshower. Nathan, the NCAA tournament begins in earnest today with 16 games, 16 more tomorrow. But late last night, Dayton, Ohio, Notre Dame coach Mike Gray suggested there will not be a game in the tourney better than the one his team had just won at the first four. Notre Dame 89, Rutgers 87, double overtime. Both teams shot over 50%. Paul Atkinson won it. With a putback with one second left, it came just after midnight, so technically the Irish won the game on St. Patrick's Day. Iona lost its first round in IT game at Florida, 79-74. Easy win for the Knicks at the Garden, 128-98 over a Portland team that started three guys who weren't even drafted. RJ Barrett scored 31. Nets and Mavs in Brooklyn. Dallas had the ball, trailing by one. Found a Doncic. He's on that left side as he crosses the front court with five. Up to the top with three. Doncic with two. Gives it up to Dinwiddie for three in the win, and he buries it! The former net comes back in Spencer Dinwiddie on a game-winning three. The Mavericks have defeated the Nets 113-111. to ESPN the call. Luke Doncic, 37 points for Dallas. Devils lost at Calgary 6-3. Rangers swung a trade with Florida, the team with the best record in the East. Sent the draft pick to the Panthers for Frank Vetrano. Gets traded the day after he scored the tying and winning goals for the Panthers. Freddie Freeman, a fixture for 11 years at first base for the Braves. Big part in winning the World Series last fall, but now he's a Dodger. Six years, 162 million. The Dodgers now have four MVPs on their roster with Freeman joining Clayton Kershaw, Cody Bellinger, and Mookie Betts. John Stashauer, Bloomberg Sports. Nathan? Okay, John, thank you. Futures moving lower. S&P futures now down 28 points. Dow futures down 180. NASDAQ futures on the decline by 108 points. The 10-year Treasury is now up 21.30 seconds. The yield 2.11%. The Kremlin now says a report of major progress in talks with Ukraine is wrong. We'll get the details next from Bloomberg's Rosalind Matheson. You're listening to Bloomberg Daybreak. Bloomberg 1130 weather. Areas of fog this morning. Showers likely this afternoon. Mid-50s for highs. Sunshine tomorrow with a high near 70. Occasional rain, uh, low 60s for Saturday. Right now, fog, 45 degrees in Central Park. Markets, headlines, and breaking news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Bloomberg Business app, and at Bloomberg Quick Take. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. And I'm Karen Moscow. U.S. stock index futures are moving lower this morning, and stocks in Europe are as well. We check the markets every 15 minutes throughout the trading day on Bloomberg. S&P futures down 24 points, Dow futures down 157, and NASDAQ futures down 92. Traders are digesting the Federal Reserve's view that a robust U.S. economy can weather the campaign against high inflation. The DAX in Germany is down nine-tenths of a percent. The 10-year Treasury up 22.30 seconds, yield 2.10 percent. Yield on the two-year, 1.90 percent. NYMEX crude oil is up more than 4.5 percent at $4.38 at $99.43. Three cents a barrel. Comex gold up about 1.9 percent, or 35 dollars 40 cents, at 19.44 30 an ounce. The euro 1.1035 against the dollar. British pound 1.3170 against at 118.57. And Bitcoin this morning is down 1.4 percent at. $40,668. That's a Bloomberg Business Flash. Now here's Michael Barr with more on what's going on around the world. Michael. Karen, thank you very much. Russian artillery destroyed a school and a community center near Kharkiv today. Yesterday, an airstrike gripped a part of theater where hundreds of people had been taking shelter in Mariupol. China has affirmed Ukraine's friendship. 
China's foreign ministry endorsed its ambassador's comments promising Beijing would never attack Ukraine. New data released by the Census Bureau shows the U.S. grew wealthier, better educated, and poverty declined during the second half of the last decade. Today, the boss will be yelling, are you filling out your bracket instead of working? No. Today's start of the NCAA men's college basketball tournament begins in earnest. Yeah, I know. You got yours done days ago, I'm uh, sure, Mike. Yeah. yeah. Uh, in the play-in <laughs> games yesterday, Wright State and Notre Dame advanced. NBA at Knicks won. Nets and Wizards lost. Celtics beat the Warriors. NHL, the Devils and Bruins lost. Global News, 24 hours a day on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take. Powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr. This is Bloomberg Nathan. All right, Michael. Thank you. We're coming up to 620. On Wall Street, live from the Bloomberg Interactive Broker Studios, this is Bloomberg Daybreak. And Rosalind Matheson is with us this morning, Bloomberg News Executive Editor for International Government, as we continue following fast-moving headlines on the war in Ukraine, including this latest, Roz. The Kremlin now saying that reports of major progress on talks with Ukraine are wrong. Uh, give us a little bit more. What more is the, is the Kremlin saying this morning? Well, it's interesting that they've come out so publicly to say that today. Of course, yesterday they did say that they were optimistic there were some signs of progress, but even on the Russia side, they were very cautious, saying large obstacles remain. There were significant differences, for example, about how you qualify a question of neutrality for Ukraine and indicating they weren't yet uh, near a deal. Of course, the Ukraine side has been saying very much the same. However, there were reports overnight that quite significant progress had been made, and in fact, a deal might be imminent. So you're seeing Russia come out publicly today to say, actually, that's not the case. There are, of course, degrees of progress that are occurring here, but we're nowhere near the point where we can say that significant progress is being made. Of course, these talks are happening pretty much every day uh, between officials via video conference, but they're really focusing on bit by bit. The first step here is a more protracted ceasefire, potentially, for 48 hours or something to allow people to evacuate other parts of Ukraine, let alone getting to some kind of multi-point peace deal that would allow the conflict to uh, to finish completely. So even Russia at this side saying, look, publicly, things are nowhere near resolved here and this conflict indeed will go on. It's possibly also a reflection of the Russian president coming out yesterday again publicly on television and saying, I am committed to winning this war. I'm going to see my plans through. And certainly you don't want a narrative coming from Russia uh, to the to the counter of that, especially when the president himself is saying it. Yeah, we've heard some really strong words, I think, from uh, just about all the leaders involved in this conflict, from Russian President Putin saying the country is going to be cleared of scum and traitors to U.S. President Joe Biden branding Putin a war criminal. I mean, where does this set things up for these ongoing negotiations, which, as you mentioned, we are expecting another round of talks today? Well, the key thing here really is at what point those talks go below, beyond sort of what is at a fairly low level of officials to more senior ministers, but particularly at some point do leaders need to come in. The Ukrainian president has said repeatedly the only way to, to resolve this conflict to get agreement is leader to leader, which means the Russian president needs to talk with him directly. And so far, Vladimir Putin has made it clear that he doesn't intend to do so. He's not engaged at all. And until you get that kind of level of interaction where leaders can effectively sign off on a deal directly, 
and agree at that kind of level. It's very hard to see how we get uh, progress towards it. Um, and given the rhetoric, of course, that you're seeing that the Russian president says about Ukraine and the Ukrainian president says in turn about the Russian president, how you get them to even speak on the phone in a way that could be productive towards an agreement is, is also quite difficult to see because they're all saying very, very strong things about each other. But it will at some point possibly take that to get us over the line to a deal. In the meantime, while uh, Ukraine's president has been waiting for those face-to-face talks with Vladimir Putin, he's been addressing uh, houses of parliament around the world. Yesterday, he spoke virtually to the U.S. Congress. This morning, he's been uh, giving an address to uh, Germany's lower house of parliament. What kind of impact is that having? We can see a very strong message coming from him consistently in all these uh, speeches he's been giving to parliaments around the world, and that is to really advocate for the cause of Ukraine um, and to plead for even more help that, that has come in, especially on the military side. He's grateful for the weapons that have come. Certainly the anti-tank missiles have been extremely important in allowing Ukraine to defend itself, but he also expresses a lot of frustration, saying he really needs countries to do a lot more. In the end, it is only Ukrainian troops fighting Russia on the ground, and he does sort of talk about the responsibility he sees of other nations in Europe and the U.S. and elsewhere to do more. He repeats his calls for fighter jets, for no-fly zones over Ukraine, all of which are incredibly difficult, of course, because they risk a broader conflict. You're going to bring NATO in total uh, proximity with Russian forces. But that's his message. is very much thank you for what you're doing. We're grateful for it. But we're still essentially fighting a war ourselves on the ground. And unless you do more at some point, this fight may come to you. Bloomberg's Rosalind Matheson, our executive editor for international government. As always, thank you for keeping us up to speed on all that's happening in the war in Ukraine. As we monitor the market reaction, futures moving lower uh, following those comments from the uh, Kremlin spokesman that reports of major progress in talks with Ukraine are wrong. S&P futures are now down 15 points. Dow futures down 98. NASDAQ futures lower by 65 points. The 10-year Treasury is up 19.30 seconds. The yield 2.11%. And Bloomberg Daybreak is brought to you by the Jewish Communal Fund. JCF's donor-advised fund is the smart choice to manage your philanthropy, especially in times of crisis. Make your giving impactful. Visit jcfny.org. Broadcasting live from the Bloomberg Interactive Broker Studio in New York. Bloomberg 1130. To Washington, D.C. Bloomberg 991. To Boston. Bloomberg 1061. To San Francisco. Bloomberg 960. To the country. Sirius XM Channel 119. And around the globe. The Bloomberg Business App and BloombergRadio.com. This is Bloomberg Daybreak. And it's 6.30 on Wall Street. Good morning. I'm Nathan Hager. And I'm Karen Moscow. We are just about three hours away from the open of U.S. trading. Time for the five things you need to know to start your day. Brought to you by Interactive Brokers' simple IBKR Global Trader app. Deposit in your local currency and trade stocks in the U.S., Europe, and Asia. Start your free trial at ibkr.com slash global trader. Up first, a Kremlin spokesperson says reports of major progress in Ukraine negotiations are wrong, but says more talks with Ukraine are expected today. In the meantime, Karen, Ukrainian officials are demanding a ceasefire as Russia's invasion continues. Yesterday, President Joe Biden announced the U.S. is offering $800 million worth of new weaponry to Ukraine. 
The American people will be steadfast in our support of the people of Ukraine in the face of Putin's immoral, unethical attacks on civilian populations. We are united in our abhorrence of Putin's depraved onslaught, and we're going to continue to have their backs as they fight for their freedom, their democracy, their very survival. President Biden also called Russia's President Vladimir Putin a war criminal on Capitol Hill. The House votes today to revoke Russia's most favored nation trade status. Meanwhile, Nathan, Russia announced it made a $117 million interest payment due on $2 bonds to Citibank in London, but did not comment on if it was credited. Russia could renege on its obligations to foreign creditors for the first time since 1918. Turning to markets, stock and bond investors reacted differently to the Fed's quarter-point rate hike. Bloomberg's John Tucker joins us live with that. John? Nathan, stocks rallied, bonds sold off. Five-year Treasury yields surged above 10-year yields. That's an inversion that could signal recession ahead. The Fed officials' forecast indicated a steeper path of interest rates than before, and that's leading some to suggest the central bank is in an inflation panic, and the swaps markets are now betting seven or eight hikes for this year. In New York, I'm John Tucker, Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, John, thank you. Well, despite the recent pullback, one Wall Street firm says oil prices are heading higher. And we get the latest live with Bloomberg's Renita Young. Good morning, Renita. Good morning, Karen. Morgan Stanley is raising its Brent oil price forecast for the third quarter from $100 to $120 a barrel. Analysts cite tighter supply-demand balances worldwide. Morgan Stanley says the U.S. import ban and self-sanctioning in Europe mean Russian crude production will drop by 1 million barrels a day, which will be visible from April onward. Analysts raised their 2023 estimate from $95 to $100 a barrel. Live in New York, I'm Renita Young, Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, Renita, thank you. And that's the five things you need to know to start your day. Brought to you by Interactive Brokers. And this is Bloomberg. Thanks, Karen. 633 on Wall Street. Fog, 45 degrees in Central Park. We got an accident in Hillside at eastbound Route 22 at Bloy Street. And Michael Bars here with what else is going on in New York and around the world. Good morning, Michael. Good morning, Nathan. New York St. Patrick's Day Parade is back in Manhattan. It was canceled in 2020 because of the pandemic. Last year was a scaled-down version, but this year Fifth Avenue will be packed with marches. New York Mayor Eric Adams. It means so much to all of us to see this parade uh, return. When it's paused, we knew we will be back. Mayor Adams says the parade will begin at 11 a.m. New York Governor Kathy Hochul signed legislation expanding the state's anti-retaliation protections for people filing discrimination and sexual harassment claims. The law, effective immediately, makes the public release of an employee's personnel records grounds for a retaliation claim. New details about that horrific head-on highway crash in West Texas. Nine people were killed, including six New Mexico college students and their golf coach returning from a tournament. Two other students are in the hospital. The driver of the other vehicle and a 13-year-old passenger were also killed. Eric Weiss with the NTSB says the crash was a, quote, high-energy event. It was a 75-mile-an-hour speed limit. Um, so that's the information we have on speed. We don't have the exact speed of the vehicles. Hopefully our investigators will try to determine that. It's believed the pickup swerved into the van carrying the golf team, according to the NTSB's Eric Weiss. Two British citizens who had been jailed in Iran for more than five years have returned to Britain after the U.K. settled a decades-old debt to Iran. A third detainee was furloughed as part of the same deal. Actor Jesse Smollett was released from a Chicago jail. 
An appeals court says he can be free while he appeals his conviction for lying about being the victim of a racist and homophobic attack. Smollett's attorney, Ninye Uche, criticized the special prosecutor's decision to charge Smollett again after the initial charges were dropped, adding, there are false reports against black men in America every day. Why is it this one? What's really going on? Why are people so charged about it? Right? This is ridiculous. Attorney Uche says Smollett and his family are very happy with the news. Global News 24 hours a day on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr. This is Bloomberg. Nathan. Thank you, Michael. 6.35 on Wall Street. Time for the Bloomberg Sports Update. Here's John Stashauer. All right, Nathan. Knicks back home from a seven-game road trip. Well, they did better than expected with three wins. They had no trouble with Portland. At the Garden, 128-98. R.J. Barrett, 31 points. Much closer at the Barclays Center, where Spencer Dinwiddie used to play. His career really flourished as a net. And he came back, beat his old team with a game-winning three at the buzzer. Dallas beat Brooklyn 113-111. to Devils lost to Calgary 6-3. The Rangers made a trade with the deadline approaching. They sent a draft picked to Florida for forward Frank Vetrano. NCAA tournament won a game at the first four in Dayton, Ohio. Went double overtime, didn't end until after midnight. Paul Atkinson, a putback with one second left, giving Notre Dame an 89-87 win over Rutgers. Iona's season also ended an NIT loss at Florida. NFL free agency coinciding with the recent end of the baseball lockout. So signings in both sports. Von Miller to the Buffalo Bills. Freddie Freeman to the Dodgers. So the rich get richer. Chris Bryant to Colorado. The Yankees Made the trade with the Twins, re-signed Anthony Rizzo. They steered clear of the really high-priced guys, but owner Hal Steinbrenner has high hopes for the upcoming season. This is a championship-caliber team. Um, you know, I think the trade that Cash made was a was a was a great trade. Um, you know, we're go- we're going to miss the guys that, that moved on, but um, I think we uh, we addressed one or two of the needs that we had. Um, but look, this team's got a lot of experience. It's a veteran team. They got a lot of heart. And uh, I think we're going to see great things this year. Steinbrenner said they will soon get to work on a new contract for Aaron Judge. John Stash Howard, Bloomberg Sports. Okay, John, thank you. 637 on Wall Street. Let's take a look now at stocks, some of the names moving in the pre-market with Bloomberg Radio and TV markets correspondent Creedy Gupta. Creedy, it seems like investors have moved from focusing on the Fed back to headline moves around the war in Ukraine. Yeah, it really comes back down to that because that's at the end of it, the kind of key driver of inflation right now, or at least I say additional inflation. If you look at futures, they are down. But here's the good news, Nathan. They're not down as much as you would expect after two days of 3% or almost 3% gains in the uh, in the stock market. So that's pretty good news. That being said, uh, you are, of course, seeing uh, some pretty downside moves. Uh, only about 25 stocks in the green right now. And most of them are going to be energy stocks. Take a look at this. Marathon Oil, your usual suspects here, up 3%. MRO is your ticker. Halliburton as well. HAL up 3%. Devon Energy, DVN up 2.5%. And then there's Occidental. OXY is your ticker up 3% as well. A really great story simply about who in fact is buying Occidental stock. It turns out it's Warren Buffett. He is hmm. looking to uh, build up his stake. He has been building up his stake. And uh, you have seen this, his stake go to 14.6%, especially really getting built up in the last couple of days. I think um, 
um, looking at this, in a, a bet of a total $7 billion in Occidental in just 11 trading days. So that's why you see Occidental really gaining here. But, of course, part of that is going to be this geopolitics. OXY, once again, is your ticker there. Yeah, and once again, we are watching a surge in uh, crude oil prices as well. It could be playing into that. Also seeing some uh, analyst moves of note this morning, Creedy? Some analyst moves. You know, I think we're back to the point where stocks are actually trading on uh, what some of these analysts are saying as opposed to the geopolitical tensions that we were just talking about. We should start with Ralph Lauren here. This is a name that I don't bring up often. RL is your ticker up nine-tenths of a one, up 1%, but seeing a lot of heavy volume. In fact, seeing just as much volume as Occidental is in the pre-market this morning. So that huh. is some interesting news there. JP Morgan upgrading Ralph Lauren to an overweight, announcing a $142 price target. It's trading around 150 right now. So definitely seeing some upside there. Uh, another one that is actually interesting to me is McDonald's. MCD is your ticker there. Up uh, just two-tenths of 1%. Not a huge move to the upside, but you did get some news. Morgan Stanley cutting their price target on McDonald's to $287 from 294 That, of course, citing a Russian-Ukrainian impact, but still saying they are overweight on the stock. And remember, McDonald's, uh, one of their fastest-growing markets is Russia, actually. There was a story that uh, Moscow, the Moscow McDonald's location, was one of the fastest and busiest in the world, of course, before oh, the yeah. war. Uh, McDonald's shares now trading at about $238. Yeah, you saw some huge lines out of that first McDonald's in Moscow after they opened the Iron Curtain back in the 90s. But it'll be really interesting to see as well if uh, we get any more geopolitical analyst moves with so many companies uh, pulling back their Russia business. Bloomberg Radio and TV markets correspondent Kriti Gupta keeping an eye, as always, on the pre-market for us. And as we look at stocks as a whole, ahead of the St. Patrick's Day Open, it's red on the screen. Uh, green if you're looking at commodities, really. But S&P futures right now are down 14 points. Dow futures down 97. NASDAQ futures down 58. The 10-year Treasury is uh, up 18.30 seconds. The yield now 2.12% on the benchmark 10-year. This is Bloomberg. Bloomberg 11.30 weather, some fog, some showers this afternoon with highs in the mid-50s. Sunshine tomorrow with a high near 70. Occasional rain returns on Saturday, low 60s for Saturday highs. Right now, 45 in Central Park. Markets, headlines, and breaking news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Bloomberg Business App, and at Bloomberg Quick Take. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. And I'm Karen Moscow, and futures are falling this morning. We go to the first word breaking news desk for today's morning call. Here's Bill Maloney. Bill, good morning. And good morning, Karen. That's right. U.S. futures are in the red, helped by Russia denying reports of major progress in Ukrainian talks. Dow futures currently down 105 points. SB dropped 15. NASDAQ futures are lower by 60. The U.S. 10-year yield at 2.12%. Gold and oil are both climbing. But Bitcoin is down by 1.4%. Hong Kong rose a whopping 7% overnight, while European markets are in the red, led by 1% losses in Italy. Back in the U.S. on the economic front at 830, initial jobs claims, housing starts, and Philly Fed. In other news, LME nickel trading was paralyzed by glitches yet again. And Tessa delayed a debt offering of more than a billion. Wrapping things up, Norwegian Cruise was raised to equate over at Morgan Stanley. Union Pacific cut to sector perform over at RBC. Live from the first of breaking news desk, I'm Bill Maloney. Care. All right, Bill, thank you. And to hear live breaking news over your Bloomberg type squawk on your terminal, S-Q-U-A-W-K. And that's a Bloomberg business flash. Now here's Michael Barr with more on what's going on around the world. Michael. 
Karen, thank you very much. The Kremlin has thrown cold water on reports of major progress in peace talks with the Ukraine. Kremlin spokesman Dmitry Peskov says the reports are wrong. Meanwhile, China's foreign ministry endorsed supportive remarks by its envoy to Ukraine, in which Beijing delivered some of its most supportive comments yet toward the war-torn country. China's ambassador told the governor of Lviv Beijing would never attack Ukraine. Today is the start in earnest of the NCAA college basketball tournament. In the play-in game yesterday, Wright State has earned its first men's tournament victory, and Notre Dame needed double overtime against Rutgers to advance. In the NBA, the Knicks won, the Nets and Wizards lost, the Celtics beat the Warriors, in the NHL, the Devils and Bruins lost. Global News, 24 hours a day, on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr. This This is Bloomberg. The following commentary is from Bloomberg Opinion. Daylight. I'm Jonathan Bernstein, a columnist for Bloomberg Opinion. The Senate has passed a bill to make daylight saving time a year-round thing. It now heads to the House. Momentum has been building within the states for this change, and apparently, senators were listening. Senate passage will alert any groups that oppose the switch. They'll push for the House to take it slow. And risk-averse politicians could be wary about something voters may eventually not like and definitely will notice. That's how Congress usually works. It's not guaranteed to address everyone's strongest objections, but it's a good system for bringing them to lawmakers' attention. Senate passage is also a good reminder that while the U.S. system is famous for having lots of veto points, House, Senate, President, Courts, and more, it also has an enormous number of initiation points. Giving more political actors an opportunity for meaningful participation is a strength of the Madisonian system, although it can also give narrow interests a way to affect public policy without broad-based support. Strength or not, it is certainly unusual. I'm Jonathan Bernstein. For more opinion, please go to Bloomberg.com slash opinion or OPIN Go on the Bloomberg Terminal. This has been Bloomberg Opinion. And Bloomberg Opinion commentaries can be heard every weekday at this time, and Terminal customers can read more at OPIN Go. It is 6.50 on Wall Street. We turn to news and science and technology now with the Bloomberg NJIT STEM report, brought to you by New Jersey Institute of Technology, ranked in the top 2% nationally for alumni mid-career earnings and number one in the nation for student upward economic mobility. More at NJIT.edu. Now here's us making news in science, technology, engineering, and math. You know the phrase, you are what you eat? Nutrition scientists are getting to the bottom of what that means with an emerging area of research called precision nutrition. It's a growing field of study that assumes each person may have unique responses to eating specific foods and nutrients and blends data based on genetics, behavior, socioeconomics, environment, and eating patterns to potentially develop diets that are personalized to improve health. It's all part of a $170 million program funded by the National Institutes of Health called Nutrition for Precision Health. In China, the latest COVID outbreak appears to be easing. Authorities reported the lowest number of cases so far this week. And in the epicenter of the latest outbreak, Jilin, infections have dropped from recent highs after the province was locked down on Monday. And Robinhood Markets plans to let users loan out their stocks to other financial institutions. It's part of a push to compete with more conventional brokerages, such as Fidelity and E-Trade. Robinhood is best known for commission-free stock and cryptocurrency trading. That's the Bloomberg NJIT STEM report. Nathan. Okay, Karen, thank you. We are live from the Bloomberg Interactive Broker Studios. We're to 652 on Wall Street. Time now to check what's going on in D.C. Some of the top stories in our nation's capital include President Biden ramping up military aid to 
Ukraine, including armed drones. The House to vote today on revoking Russia's trade status and the prime minister of Ireland testing positive for COVID-19 while in the nation's capital for St. Patrick's Day. Let's bring back Bloomberg government congressional reporter Jack Fitzpatrick for all that's happening in the nation's capital. Jack, good morning. So we heard from... Ukraine's president, uh, Volodymyr Zelensky, addressed Congress yesterday, and it sounds, uh, judging from what President Biden had to say afterward, that it made quite the impression. Yeah, it did seem to make an impression. There was a, a lot of uh, bipartisan admiration for President Zelensky and a lot of praise for how uh, how the speech went. Uh, there there was some polite pushback. You know, Zelensky made the case for uh, blocking Russian uh, blocking airspace over Ukraine, uh, and that is not something that lawmakers really went for. There's still uh, at least hesitation, really uh, opposition from both parties toward doing that. Uh, there's some skepticism as to how heavy the U.S. should go with sending uh, fighter jets to Ukraine. A lot of the support that the president uh, announced yesterday was for anti-aircraft weapons, um, javelins, anti-tank tank weapons. There were drones. They're sending 100 drones, grenade launchers, that kind of thing. A bit more handheld, uh, lighter weight issues. Uh, but yes, broadly, there is a, a huge amount of bipartisan support for helping Ukraine, continuing to have a conversation about potentially future bills that could add even more money in defense and humanitarian aid. Uh, and, and so it's safe to say the speech went well for President Zelensky. And going forward from there, we're expecting a vote later today in the House on revoking Russia's permanent normal trade status. This was something that uh, President Biden had been calling for last week. Yes. Well, he actually got pushed originally by Congress. They brought this up. The White House briefly pumped the brakes on that, uh, seemingly because the president has really been the one to run this kind of thing by European allies. So there was a bit of a delay, actually, on behalf of the president. And then the president announced, yes, he supports uh, revoking Russia's preferred trade status. That needs action by Congress, though. So the vote is supposed to happen today. Day in the House. Uh, they expect bipartisan support. They're taking a procedural step that actually uh, speeds things up if they can get two-thirds vote in the House. That's a sign that uh, Democratic leaders expect very bipartisan support for this in the House, and it would probably have a, a good chance in the Senate. Uh, and then, of course, there there are conversations about what comes next. But for now, yes, they are, they are moving to uh, make official what you have heard from the president on revoking Russia's trade status, which would allow uh, higher tariffs on any Russian goods in the U.S. And finally, Jack, we're getting uh, multiple reports that the Irish prime minister has tested positive for COVID uh, during his annual St. Patrick's trip to Washington. Yes, he uh, he is in Washington, and he was supposed to meet with President Biden today. They have not ruled out doing some sort of virtual meeting, but uh, clearly after he uh, tested positive with a PCR test, after uh, there, there were all these events going on, he tested negative uh, with one of the more rapid tests, then got a positive result back from a PCR test. So it does not seem that the events going on, uh, the, the meetings between him uh, and President 
President Biden that were expected uh, this morning and into the afternoon are going to happen unless they can come up with some sort of virtual meeting, which is actually what happened a, a year ago because of the high number of case counts uh, there. So so President Biden will, will still not have an opportunity to meet in person with the Irish Prime Minister, Michael Martin, uh, just yet. Yet another reminder that COVID's not quite done with us yet. Thanks, Jack. Good having you with us this morning. That's Bloomberg Government Congressional Reporter Jack Fitzpatrick. And you can read more about all these stories on Bloomberg.com or on the Bloomberg Terminal. When you're in Washington, listen to Bloomberg Radio at Bloomberg 99.1 and 105.7 FM HD2. Karen? Thanks, Nathan. It is 6.56 on Wall Street. This is Bloomberg Daybreak, and March is Women's History Month, and every day this month we're celebrating significant moments in women's history. Now with your installment for March 17th, here's Bloomberg's Renita Young. On this day in women's history in 1969, Golda Meir is elected as Israel's first female prime minister. She was only the country's fourth prime minister. Meir began her career as a Zionist labor organizer. Later on, she held several positions within the Israeli government, including Minister of Foreign Affairs and Minister of Labor. And upon the sudden death of Prime Minister Levi Eshkol in 1969, Meir was chosen as his successor. During her career, Mayer gained a reputation as a savvy diplomat. She saw the country through the Yom Kippur War in 1973 after Syria and Egypt launched a surprise attack on Israel. And partially due to her ailing health and age, Mayer resigned in October 1974. That's Today in Women's History. I'm Renita Young, Bloomberg Radio. All right, Renita, thank you. And again, futures are lower this morning. S&P futures down about 11 points. Dow futures down 72. NASDAQ futures down 41. And the 10-year Treasury up 17.30 seconds. The yield 2.12%. And Bloomberg surveillance is straight ahead. For Nathan Haker, I'm Karen Moscow, and this is Bloomberg. What could you do if your data was working for you? and not against you. With Bloomberg delivering enterprise data directly to your systems, you get easy access to the details you want, optimized for higher level analysis, and financial data experts committed to helping you maximize your every move. Our data is made for more, so you can show the world what you're made of. Visit Bloomberg.com enterprise data to learn more.